Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I am your host, Dungeon Master Mitch, and I'm really excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking today about a world where magic has completely disappeared. It's gone. Magic no more. And for that, we have the guest Nate from WASD20, the YouTube channel, joining us. It's going to be a great discussion. I'm glad that you've joined us for it today. Before we jump into that, though, we have a five-star review to give a shout-out to. This review is from Badiakos from Apple Podcasts. Five out of five, happily blew through the whole backlog. I've been a DM on and off for about 15 years. No matter how much experience you have, it's crucial to keep learning from other DMs or players. This show is great. Entertaining, a great sense of humor, clever ideas throughout, and absolutely genius concepts for episodes. Hey, let's do an episode about underwater campaigns. We'll have a marine biologist who also happens to be a DM and interview him. <laughs> Think you're a level 20 DM? Listen to DMB and break into epic levels. Oh man, what a great review. I really love that. Thank you so much for sending us in that review. And without any further ado, let's get into this week's meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. So today for the meat, as you've already heard, we're going to be talking about a world that has no more magic. And the joke that I thought of was Magic the Gathering has finally gathered and they left. Um, and now your local <laughs> gaming store closed because it's the only thing that keeps it open. Um, but today we have a very special guest. We have Nate Vanderzee of the WASD20 YouTube channel. Nate, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. We're excited to have you as a guest on the show. And for anybody out there uh, listening, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, uh, I make YouTube videos, <laughs> mostly about Dungeons and Dragons and also about fantasy maps and other RPGs. I um, grew up in Seattle, Washington, um, and uh, went to college here in Michigan, where I am now. And... Uh, I studied to be a teacher, so I'm a, in my day job. I'm a high school teacher, and uh, I'm also I do technology work. Uh, but a lot of my time outside of that is spent making videos, playing games, world building, drawing maps, and this whole other um, awesome RPG life that I live down here in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I forgot about that because I saw that on uh, your Twitter that you were based here in Michigan. Am I wrong in remembering that you're near Grand Rapids? I am. Yep, I'm in Grand Rapids. I I am as well. Maybe we Ooh. need to meet up. Okay, sometime. hold on. Live hold podcast. On. Hold on though. Yeah. Let's there we go. let's keep the weirdness going because I feel like we've titrated our entire network into one human being because we have an additional <laughs> podcast that is called detentions and dragons where it's two teachers focused on bringing dnd to the classroom Ooh. celeste still lives in seattle washington i'm i 
you are our network. This is great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I am at the the center yeah. of of the things. That's <laughs> so good. That's cool. You, he is the he is the PC character that we've yeah. created for our campaign. <laughs> so uh, that, thanks for sharing that yeah, with yeah. us, Nate. We appreciate it. So like that. you mentioned, you have content that we really think that our listeners would enjoy. So could you tell us a little bit more about WASD20? Yeah, so I started the channel really as um, to document my journey into tabletop role-playing games. I was brand new at the time. Uh, this is now about six years ago, um, I think. And um, it was very clear uh, right off the bat that um, the PC game side of things, which is where the WASD comes from, uh, was not really taken off very much because everyone's making let's play videos and you know it, it's just it's a flooded market it's hard to break into that people are still doing it but and and the tabletop rpg side of things really was taken off people wanted to hear what i had to say and were interested and and so i uh, pretty quickly as i started learning tabletop rpgs had a passion for teaching um, and so I made some character creation tutorials and, you know, eventually I started making some how to play D and D videos. And, you know, there were, I stumbled through a lot of that because I was very new to it and was getting stuff wrong all the time, but kept on going. And here I am still getting stuff wrong once in a while. And, <laughs> yep. um, and then, you know, the other side of it that, that really took off was the fantasy map side. So I made it just a how to draw fantasy maps video, or it wasn't even how to, it was just like, let's draw a fantasy map. And um, just wanted to, you know, try it for the first time and hit record. And um, people loved that, so I kept doing it and um, started, you know, kept improving in my map drawing. And um, so that's another thing that people kind of come to my channel for. That's fantastic. And I'm sure you would echo things that we've said on the show where, like, going into those projects that you're trying to create good content for your viewers, for your listeners. Uh, it only helps to make you better in your tabletop role-playing experience. And I guarantee that when you get together with your friends and you have these beautifully drawn maps, like it's for your own personal enjoyment, it's something that really adds to it. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say this, because I spend so much time making D&D videos, um, oh, no, here it comes. I, I, know. I have far less time than I would like to play D&D. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, you know, 10, 15 hours a week of my life. Yep. And I, I still have an almost full-time job. I'm like 80% at, at the school. <laughs> um, and it's so that's that's the downside. It's like, man, I really... And I feel like I could make better videos if I DM'd more. And uh, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm too busy making videos, and so anyway, you have to pay your bills. Maybe yeah. I should take just a year off and just DM every week. It's, and, you it's know, your sabbatical. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> sabbatical. Fantastic. Like well, we've got one more question for you. This one is a surprise question. It comes from one of our Patreon dragons, and it comes from DM Jude. And DM Jude asks you. What is your favorite Dungeons and Dragons world slash campaign setting from any edition? Hmm. Okay. So official campaign setting, like one that was published by. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what he's looking yeah. for. Yeah. Okay. So honestly, I don't have very much experience with any of them. The one <laughs> I definitely have most experience with is Forgotten Realms, Faerun, mm -hmm. um, because I was reading those novels when I was a kid before I ever even picked up a d20 um yeah. 
and because I played some of the Did PC you, when games. you were reading the novels, were you aware that the tabletop game was a thing? I was aware that it was a game people played. I, I didn't maybe know even that word tabletop at the time. <laughs> I mean, it was just yeah. like, um, all I knew was that it was evil. And I should never touch it. <laughs> yep. And, and I'm serious. Um, no, that- <laughs> we've a lot of us have the same story. <laughs> we've heard many people share these. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I think that honestly, like, like especially one of my friend's moms, kind of scared me away from it for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, she was a kind of like demon under every rock sort of person. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was kind of sad. But uh, I, I did read the novels, and um, so anyway, get, get back to the question. I probably have to choose that one because it's the only one I know yeah. really well. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and I just have a lot of nostalgia for it, like the the Drisk yeah. novels, the you know, um, yeah, the Dark absolutely. Elf trilogy and all that stuff, Icewind Dale. Um, yeah, so good. But yeah. I really am attracted to Dark Sun. Um, like I, that's mm. that's the one that I want in fifth edition uh, more than any other. And um, yeah. Part of it's the art from uh, the original art yeah. from Brom is just amazing, uh, but also just that kind of yeah I don't know just wasteland sort of it's a harsh mm-hmm. world and uh, apocalyptic mm-hmm. kind of yeah and it's it's yeah. different right it's different enough from um, what I think of as the standard which is Forgotten Realms Faerun um, yeah. yeah fantastic well thank you so much Nate for uh, that answer. Uh, and thank you to DM Jude for asking that question. Let's move into the topic of this episode. As uh, Neil said, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the idea of magic no more. So we're we're not talking about a world without magic, a fantasy world without magic. What we're talking about uh, is a world that had magic to whatever degree that is, and then all of a sudden, for some reason. There is no more magic, which to me I find to be extremely interesting to talk about. Um, so I guess the first thing to talk about is uh, something something has to happen, right, to get us from this point of a world with magic to a point of a world without magic. So what are some things uh, in a in a fantasy setting that can happen uh, that can bring about this change where magic no longer exists? What do you guys think? Well, I think, you know, it, it could be anything. My immediate thought, this is kind of ridiculous, was, um, okay, a cataclysmic event, right, um, mm-hmm. was actually uh, what caused the dinosaurs to, to probably go extinct, right? A meteor. What mm-hmm. if uh, something from space hits a planet and just throws everything off balance? Just kind yeah. of a crazy thought that, I, that just came to my mind even though I've had weeks to think about this topic. Um. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all in the moment. That's, that's the best stuff right there. Yeah, and, and in, my, in one of my game worlds, um, a lot of the magic is actually drawn from the, the, the earth and the stones. There are actually certain stones, um, a certain kind of rock that, that magic is drawn from. And so, I mean, if that's true, the opposite could also be true, where this alien substance into this world and leeches the magic or throws off the balance. Well, I gotta I, now. I'm thinking about something like that actually happening and how that would um, how that would play out if you were a DM and you explain to your players, you know, you see this thing hurtling 
towards the earth from the sky. And of course, the players are going to say, let's go check that thing out. And I imagine that the players like and any other people that go and check that thing out in a world that has magic. One of the answers to trying to figure out what is going on is by using magic. Like, well, let, let's cast detect magic. And oh, well, it actually your spell doesn't work. And then that line of thinking will lead your players to the, oh, well, maybe this rock or whatever it is, is giving off some anti-magic field. Okay, something that we've dealt with before, right? Um, but then, like, there is this progression from, like, oh, we're near the rock and no magic is happening to traveling back to the city and, wait, n- no magic is working in the city? Then you're getting word from other places around the globe, which perhaps is even extremely slower because perhaps messaging has been magical means up until this point. But this like slow progression of figuring out, oh my gosh, this is like a global blackout of magic. That that to me just sound like I would love to like watch the light bulb go off in a player's like right above a player's head when they're like starting to put the pieces together of this is not just one small incident. Yeah. And you have to ask some really interesting questions of like, one, you should probably know how magic works in your world. This is a key component to breaking and taking it away. And then also what level do you want it to be at? Because it could be something that everyone was doing that everyone messed up together, or it could be at like the deity level. So figuring out where those questions are so that you can figure out where those answers are going to come from. I don't want to push back a little (gasps) bit, Neil, because I would almost say that you don't like you don't have to. It's it's cool if you do want to. But on another level, it's magic. So maybe you don't have this like set out. This is how magic works in my world. And that is the element here that it's like magic is gone and we don't know why. Yeah, I, I think, you know. It, this kind of gets in line with um, maybe the religious views of your world too, and the deities, mm-hmm. the place of deities. Do the inhabitants really understand the place of deities, or are they trying and grasping at ways of uh, describing a mystery? And um, so, yeah, I mean, it could be uh, guided by a deity that 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 slammed this stone into your world um, to take away magic. Um, and I also uh, think it's interesting, yeah, that whole mystery idea. I recently, well, probably not recently, maybe a year or two ago, I think it was a Brandon Sanderson talk maybe, or maybe it was an article. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but there, there's kind of this debate over should we try to understand magic as hmm. writers of fiction? And the same then applies for us as dungeon masters. I mean, is, is it better to have it a mystery or is it better to have a defined system? And there's debate among authors about yeah. that, uh, which, which works better. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there maybe there's even a middle ground of maybe it is very useful for you as the DM, if you're talking about a homebrew world, to have an understanding or at least some understanding and some rules, right? Something that you can work within um, so that when you come to DM your games in your own homebrew world, having that understanding will lead you in the way that you have magic work. But then... Not not to say, oh, you need to keep these things secret from your players, but uh, it doesn't have to be something that outright all of the the people in your world have this understanding for. Um, and maybe that's something that could go for 
like years and years, like in real time and campaigns upon campaigns where your players are starting to pick up and start to understand things and and put together pieces of how magic works in your world. Yeah, I think that's that's really cool. And that can be, um, you know, in terms of making players feel significant while still making it feel realistic, like the world doesn't rotate around them necessarily. Like, I think that's a really cool thing is that the players are discovering some deep mysteries of this world. Yeah. And one of those could be magic in the way it works. Yeah. Nate, you brought up you brought up deities. And I think that's a that's something that when we're talking about D and D especially and the way that the game mechanics work, uh, it is something that has to be brought up here. Is like when we talk about magic no more, are we talking about arcane magic? Are we talking about divine magic? Are we talking about magic completely gone? And honestly, if we're thinking about like that this loss of magic has something to do with the gods. To me, it would make sense that the gods ceasing divine magic might also cease all other types of magic because I like druidic magic does, does that not, or can that not come from gods that are tied into nature? Arcane magic. Can that not be tied into the gods that are tied into the arcane. And so um, it certainly could be an event that magic is gone because gods have, for whatever reason, deemed it so that it's like, no, this is this might even be something that your PCs bring on to the world. If they if you play in a campaign where you have PCs that are trying to to kill a god uh, or to to foil a god's plans in some way, that might lead to a chain reaction between all the gods saying, the mortals have gone too far. It's time we take this power away from them. That's so many ideas. So from the very beginning, and I have to say it so that I don't have to think about it anymore, when you mentioned the meteor hitter hitting this world, the idea I thought of was like interstellar ley lines. And so like mm. basically it's thrown it off and a little bit out of where it needs to be. And then that's it. You don't have the connection anymore. And like how to, I mean, then my other thought was like, oh, well, that does not sound like a level one campaign, but uh, <laughs> been trying to figure out like where, where that all fits into it. And then, um, well, gosh, what was, what was the other one? I lost my track. I'm so focused now on the interstellar version and it pulling it in. <laughs> but the other thing was like that cascading effect of, now I'm on Mitch's side of like letting this define magic because it could be that arcane magic is supplied by your deity in the pantheon that focus is on that. And you're like, oh, okay. So like all magic is kind of divine in this setting and figuring out the answers to those questions as you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah, I almost wonder if if the deity is just up and left, for example, mm. I mean, arcane magic could be, um, yeah, with, 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 you're right, with like clerics and paladins and stuff like that, divine magic, it's obvious. But with arcane magic, what if, I mean, what if the uh, presence of arcane magic is just kind of the essence of the gods hovering around this world almost, you know? Um, and then they pull out, uh, they're gone. Yeah. Um, or what if they don't leave and they're, they stay and make it very apparent Mm -hmm. that it is because like they're like we're no longer showing you favor like i'm i'm almost imagining like mortals being able to look up into the sky and seeing like a humongous heavenly body of a, a god staring down silently on 
the the planet on the plane of existence and when they go to cast magic just being like and just having like this almost like apocalyptic like you have people like in the streets yelling up at these these divine figures like why have you why have you done this to us why have you done this to us like it kind of kind of a chilling like image it is yeah (laughs) so we we had started to mention it a little bit especially with the idea that like we can't communicate anymore because that's we did sending but i was trying to think of like what are other impacts on the world literal ones like with a meteor obviously but but other ones about (laughs) when the magic goes away yeah that's uh so I mean, immediately, I think that a huge impact on the players would obviously be, you know, uh, spells. <laughs> There's that practical reality that would kind of like break some systems. Um, but I also think of, especially the one that comes to mind is healing. Healing is huge. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that in a lot of role playing game worlds, you can cure disease just. I mean, just like that. Or bring back to life. Yeah, yeah bring back to Exactly. Like healing is, is a huge power. Um, that would just be, it would have a huge impact. And we probably don't even think how much healing and resurrection and things like that actually do have an impact in our campaign worlds. We probably just kind of, you know, are, are a bit flippant with it, actually. Um, but, you know, would it would it even be the case that they would have, for example people really trained in in medicine and like bandaging things and the splint and all this stuff right or would they just rely on magic for all of that i guess it depends how high magic or uh uh, how present magic is in your world pervasive yeah there might be there might be different societies that didn't have many mages or wizards or clerics among them and so they might end up being whereas maybe they weren't powerful societies in the old world in the new world they are leaps and bounds ahead because they haven't had the convenience of relying on on magic to to yeah to heal to resurrect to to fix broken bones and wounds and and now yeah it it, it that healing aspect i think you're right is one of the biggest things in my mind that would really throw the world into turmoil yeah and i love that uh that what you said about the shifting of power dynamic um, that those who have not relied on magic and who have been strong through other means or had talent in other ways uh, would suddenly find themselves very powerful. <laughs> that that evil wizard that held his uh, held over power over his minions or a, a people group or maybe even a nation, right? Uh, with with a clenched fist and casting magical spells, just a frail old man now. That's all. That's all that wizard is they're going to be toppled really quickly. Because my other thing was like, okay, so I can't raise undead, but are they still undead? Hmm. Like, uh oh, I forgot. Yeah, how does, how does magic being gone affect the world as in monsters too? Like, mm-hmm. do some monsters just cease to exist? Like, um, I don't know, like, like weirds and like uh, all, elementals? All the, all the flumps just fall out of the sky. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> Golems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that, that kind of gets me to wondering too, like, yeah, so the, the deities is certainly one option, but what if many people did decide that this getting rid of magic is our only hope actually, um, because it's done more harm than good because 
this evil wizard has dominated and now rules this empire, or because there's an army of the dead, and uh, and and getting rid of magic will actually cause them to just fall. Um, that idea that magic is uh, a detriment actually is is interesting too. Yeah, I like that idea that you're pointing that you're pointing out almost that like. When I was thinking about this originally, I was thinking about this as like something happens, magic is gone, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, what the heck? And they're just all surprised by it. And I think that probably it makes sense that a lot of people would be, but what if one, there were people that were the agents of this change and have been working towards this change, and so this is no surprise to them. And if that's the case, that they've been working towards this, maybe this has been something that has been an underground movement for thousands of years, uh, those people are going to be prepared much better than the people who weren't expecting this. But also, like, you could have, if we were bringing it back to the divine aspect of it um, and the gods being unpleased with mortals or whatever it is, you could have some sort of, like, prophetic voices uh, amongst uh, the world before this event happens that are calling out, like... uh, you're going to bring ruin on us. There will be no more magic. The gods are going to leave or the gods are going to punish us by this. Um, And those are going to be the guys that people walk past and they're like, oh man, that crazy guy over there. But what happens when that actually comes to fruition? People are like, oh man, like that guy wasn't as crazy. Or even in the sense of like, uh, we've talked about on the podcast before, but what if like magic has a source that isn't endless? And so you could have these people shouting in the streets of like, you're using magic and you're not paying attention to it. You're just using it to like clean your houses or do silly things like we're going to lose it. This is going to bring destruction. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting to think about like the two differences of a world that was unprepared for it, a world that heard about it, and then people that were completely prepared for it and trying to bring it on. The magic battery is low. The magic battery is yeah. low. <laughs> Please replace yeah, I kind of, you know, you mentioned cleaning houses, like I'm reading Harry Potter to my kids, and I, mm-hmm. I do sometimes wonder, like, is this, I, I, I'm not super into Harry Potter, but I've re- I read it a number of years ago, and I'm reading it to my kids, and um, it's interesting to think how frivolously it's often used, and I do wonder, yeah. like, does this, how does it work? Does this exhaust them? Um, is it is it somewhat tiring to use magic, or is it just like, no, this is an endless font, and draw from it, and do the dishes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it completely free of consequences? Uh, or mm-hmm. is there even a consequence that they don't know of that could be happening uh, that does eventually reveal itself, which could be the whole thing that we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the um, renewable, uh, renewable sources of magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Solar. and that maybe that's, maybe that's where you take this setting idea. And, mm-hmm. may, and maybe there are, sources of ma- like can you imagine a world where magic has disappeared um however there are still sources of magic in the world like how if a wizard can no longer cast his spells but a wand can be used that wand is now like a prized artifact and honestly the world is going to have people that are going to be willing to kill to have 
and and even worse beyond kill like to be able to grasp onto that power that once was and the more that those objects get used up the more that people are going to be willing to to do some pretty awful things to acquire that power yeah they like that's still going back to the idea of like okay so what is left over because one of the interesting things would be like okay so we just have this clear delineating line of magic no magic and if you had players that were of a certain level do they still have spells but once they use them they lose them and like that that's it there's no way to replenish it my other thought was there is by getting a hold of magic items and like drawing that last bit of magic in the earth into themselves to like recuperate and like that's how you have your um spell casting classes work then on I just want to state that I think that probably all of us, I hope, would say that the best way to go or the worst way to go about this would be to uh, start a new campaign, have all your players choose magic magic users, and then all of a sudden be like, nope, you can't do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so mean. Oh, no, no, totally. no, the worst version is having half of them. Because in your scenario. Yes, so that some of them are completely like, ah, it doesn't bother yep. us. Right at kind of the right before like the climax of the campaign where like they're they're going to be facing the big bad soon. Things are getting very difficult and threatening and nope, you know, three (laughs) of the five of you no longer have your powers. You're completely nerfed. (laughs) You remember how you were a glass cannon uh, being a wizard? Now you're just glass. (laughs) You're just a porcelain doll. (laughs) But yeah, so so uh, how would you like go about presenting this practically to a group that's a good question um i yeah i I think i'd want to think about it more and think about how like when is this going to take place at the very beginning at the end like because i think maybe there's a way that you could like have it be completely open and have there be magic users and non-magic users or maybe like a all magic user setup and if there are answers to the solution right like we're talking about like objects or maybe maybe there are sources of magic power that can be claimed in like it like a a crystal or something that your your wizard needs and eventually that crystal breaks and it can cause an issue but it's something that's solvable i would i i think i'd say you want to make sure that you really think about how you're going to do that and that it's going to be done in a way that your players are going to have fun and a good time with it. But I mean, another easy answer is starting a campaign and taking magic using classes off the table Mm -hmm. and having them be more the NPCs that have lost those powers, but you're playing with strictly fighter characters and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even picking a system that, that doesn't have magic um, Mm -hmm. could work. And you know, the, the goal of the campaign could be to bring magic back, maybe. Um, that's one of the main uh, aims. But, um, yeah, the, wor- you know, the, the rule system itself, therefore, would have still a lot of variety and different classes and, and options and things like that without um, magic. Yeah, I like I like a challenge as a player. Um, so like sometimes like I could see like in the right mindset being like, oh, we got three levels into this campaign and we're all wizards, and then this is brought up, and then like the DM being like, all right, so you you just experienced this. Now you understand what's going on. Um, 
I want you all to level up again and choose another class. Like, how is your, like, your, I used to be a wizard or I used to be a sorcerer. Now I don't have that. And so now I'm taking my staff and I'm becoming a monk. And, um, like, there could be a way of taking that difficult situation. But one of the things we always say is you got to know your players, right? Because some players are going to see that as just complete and total punishment. And some players are going to see that as, like, a challenge. And it, I don't know, I guess there could be, like, an upfrontness to it of, like, guys, just so you know, like, you're... I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen in the story, but you're not going to be consistently leveling up as a magic user. There could be some like upfrontness to the campaign in that. Yeah, way. And figuring Absolutely. out like what you could also have a break point. Like, let's say it's first level spells, because I, I feel pretty confident I could probably explain ways that you're accomplishing those without using magic. Um, so then that's another way. Or like you said, that they get those first few levels, but that's it. That's the cap. Like there's there's no more. Like what you got is what you got. And then that because then you also can switch into people becoming these like rarefied items that like that mage can keep doing it, but no one else can learn it and no one else can get higher level. So then you have this high level mage who's now coming into even more power because no one can reach. No, one can reach my level. I'm over nine thousand. <laughs> like, but but the idea that that's it, no one else will get there. Yeah. And I think. um yeah, it's it's a cool idea to for character development, I think, in a way too. If you did do that method where you say, "All right, you're all magic users, but now you're all going to be taking different classes." Like, you know, we often look for those ways to develop character mm-hmm. and not just be a static being who's always the same, but show some growth. And what a cool way to actually have to pick a new class and figure out like what, you know, what would my character do now? Um, what would they train in and try to become good at so they could survive more readily in this world. Yeah. And it's good to hear somebody else say that (laughs) because, because definitely it's it's nice to recognize that. Yes. Some players might think what a cool idea, but I, I also know that I know players that would be like, Oh, this is punishment. (laughs) Like this isn't fun. Like you took my powers from me. I, I worked on this really hard. And, and that's, that is sometimes the difficult role of, being a DM and having a story that you want to uh, engage in, right? Mm-hmm. Is you you want to at the same time make sure that you're recognizing that this is a is a experience that you have with a number of people at your table, and you want to make sure that everyone is having fun. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, having having conversations up front might not be a bad idea because it might get people into the right mindset to be able to grasp onto that as a good thing and something to role play through. Yeah, because you'll definitely have the player who has spent. 10, 20 hours planning out the next 20 levels that they absolutely will not get to. But then, oh, you're gonna, yeah, I've got those players. But, but then that's part of it is that they're three levels in and now you just completely derailed this long term plans that they had. Mm-hmm. So yeah. surprise. Yeah. Talk to your players. Yeah, yeah. That was, I'm really glad you asked that, Nate. That's a that's a really interesting question when we're talking about this type of setting or campaign that that should be asked and should be talked through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming to that realization that you know magic no more it's just not going to be for everyone um Mm -hmm. and and being okay with that if you have your gaming group and you want to game with these people just you know they might not go for it and so that's okay maybe then you yeah some people might say that's why i play D because of the magic um but but at the same time recognizing that uh, this this idea that we're bringing into play here is 
is not to say that there won't be magic in in your campaign, whether it is finding different sources or a solution or encountering magic as something that others other creatures have beyond uh, you you mortal characters that are the PCs. Uh, but certainly there there still can be that like, but I want to as a player, I want to play a character that can can do these things. So yeah, knowing your players, knowing if they're going to be on board with this type of campaign. Uh, and maybe maybe that's a good thing to do is to go, you know, we're going to try it out, but I'm not going to plan for this to be a three year long campaign. Maybe maybe I'll plan for something that's a shorter story that maybe can blossom into a longer story um, to see where my players are at. So the other topic we had was definitely impact on the future of your world, which is interesting because you you again you decide like what point did this happen, how far out are we? And one of my thoughts was also like it's an in between campaign thing. Like Nate, you had mentioned it, but let's say they kill that big bad, and then. All, then all the magic goes away. And then you could have, let, I mean, I'm just pulling random numbers, but let's say they're level 10. And you say, we're going to start a new campaign 10 years after this one. And it's totally up to you if you want to bring your character forward. And if it's a fighter, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but if it's a wizard, we can have that discussion if you want to keep playing that character and what is that character development over these 10 years and what are the things you do and you learn. Um, but my big thought was like, yeah, what does, what does your world do? Do they go forward with mm. technology or is it this big kind of technological step back? Like, or is it both depending on who and yeah, the future. Well, first off, I love that idea of like, yeah, the end of one campaign, magic going away, and then starting, yeah, 10 years later. Um, because it, it does prep your players um, yeah. f- to to choose, do we want to continue playing in this world uh, with this And maybe this even get line? them excited about it, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, I think that's a great way to go. And uh, Or, you know, and if they don't go for it, then, well, okay, maybe we, maybe we go back in time mm-hmm. and we play 500 years before our current campaign. That would be kind of cool too. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's just a comment on that, but, uh, yeah, the future of your world, that's what I'm going to have to think about a second. (laughs) I think that, I think that technology would like, there would be this shift in, like we talked about healing and societies that maybe didn't have the reliance on magic. And so now they're, their knowledge of medicine is going to be really important and is going to be trying, people are going to be trying to learn these new skills and spread this type of knowledge. And, and, um, there, there may be like diseases that magic was a cure for and no, no vaccine or like cure for it ever. As far as science goes, was ever necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, does like do all magic do all magic uh diseases like um like lycanthropy like being like its roots in like being a curse like is that gone or is there now no easy way to cure it um and having to deal with that problem. So technology I think is something that's going to have to uh in the world be more of a priority and people are moving in that direction. Also the maybe a change in the way that um, militaries and like arms are like uh, focused on if a city was 
had a army of mages, that city is now pretty defenseless. If a city had a force field around it of magic that like protected itself from the dark forces or monsters outside, they're going to have to start building like actual stone walls to help with that. Um, there, there has to be this shift in this. Now, now we have to come up with non-magical means to solve our problem. And you're going to, you're going to have this, if you do jump over the course of 50 years in a campaign setting or to a different campaign uh, completely, uh, you could even start in the same city or town or location wherever you are and you jump into it having described it in the one campaign and now 50 years later you're describing a very different looking place because things have changed so much. Man, I just all I can think of right now is uh, Dalaran in World of Warcraft and like did you have it slowly fall out of the, it's a city float for well i guess for the people not inducted um to the cult of world <laughs> of warcraft the it's a floating city so then you turned magic off hmm. like did it slowly fall and now it's in a weird place or did it just crash into the ground and like thinking of those things as you come across them in your world is would be i think would be really fun as a dm like if i had built this world and had players living in it and then just like kind of thinking like okay so it's gone what happens here and and how extreme am i is it like a dimmer switch or was it like like a light switch and what if there are multiple cities that like relied on some like floating magic or f- force field to protect them? Like your world could literally, depending on how dependent on magic they are, it could go from like vast sprawling cities to ruins all across the planet. And now you have this very apocalyptic like people are organized in tribes that live outside of the ruins. Be uh, like, yeah, it could it could look extremely different because of that. Yeah, I like that post-apocalyptic idea. I mean, it, in some ways, magic disappearing is an apocalypse. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I like what you said, Mitch, about the um, uh, uh, weapons and military mm-hmm. technology. And I kind of wonder, yeah, like would um, gunpowder now actually be something yes. that, that slowly starts to develop? Because before it was magic, you know, that was playing that role of firing a weapon uh, sort of thing. And now over time that that starts to develop. And so this world did not have muskets and things like that. But now 50 years after the after magic leaving, they actually do. (laughs) And that's cool. That's like something to excite your players with. It's like, all right, the world has changed. Yeah. Wizard is off the table now, but gunslinger as a class (laughs) now opens up and like you you can open doors while shutting other ones right that Mm -hmm. like can be exciting and and like like you said nate like if your players aren't into it like cool we'll go back in time to when there's more more magic right like i hear you i love you guys i love you girl like everybody playing in my group like you're all great like we're gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna play and we're gonna enjoy it um but like some players might be like sweet you tell me gunpowder is now created i'm in that sounds awesome yeah, for sure. So one of our favorite questions is homework. Uh, we thought you, I feel like you appreciate that term, which is the best homework ever. Like we're going to tell you uh, <laughs> movies, books, podcasts, things that you could go listen to, look at and experience um, ideas that would help kind of get, like continue to give you inspiration. Um, so do we have any of those? 
Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I do. So um, <laughs> here's kind of an odd one. Mm-hmm. Children of Men. Mm. Um, I saw the movie a number of years back, and then I also read the book. Uh, actually, I listened to the audiobook while I was painting my house one summer. And um, it's actually about, if I'm remembering correctly, um, a world in which, uh, and it, it's pretty, I think, modern sort of near future, if I remember correctly, but um, no women uh, are able to bear uh, children anymore. Uh, you know, no one's having babies. Um, and that as kind of an inspiration for how, and it's, I think it's mysterious, if I remember correctly. Um, and the premise of the, the book is that there's, well, there's one woman who's pregnant now. And <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you could use that inspiration too. There's, there's yeah. one source of magic left or yeah, there is one, one spellcaster yeah. left in this world. Um, and, and what that's would cool. that be like, man? Um, so that, that's a big one. Um, but I think another one is, uh, uh, wheel of time series. Um, because there, there was like a magical, uh, cataclysm of sorts in that world by which, um, basically men are no longer safe as spellcasters. Um, and when, when they are discovered, they are put down, they're gentled. Um, and, um, it totally just changed the way magic works. And, um, and it's, it's much more low magic. And I think a lot of fantasy settings in books are much lower magic, less pervasive magic than in your typical D&D game. Um, so there's a lot of inspiration to be had in, in lots of fantasy worlds. But those are two that came to mind. I've got a few others, but what do you guys think? I'll be honest. I, I was having a hard time trying to figure out a, a campaign setting where this was something that was prevalent. But I'm just going to... I'm just going to remark on especially your children of men thing because you you brought up this other way to go about this with your players in that because what if your your pcs that are wizards or are sorcerers they don't lose their magic they still have it in a world where they're the only ones at first it's gonna seem like oh awesome we're fantastic but like just like in children of men like those characters don't walk around saying, oh, she's pregnant. It's like, no, 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 we have to keep this under wraps. And like, imagine when you go back into a town that some like people have uh, been dying and hurting because of lack of magic, your characters walk in and proclaim that they have magic. Like you're going to, you might have a couple days of like, oh, this is great. But eventually you're going to be exhausted, and as soon as you say I don't like, you say to somebody I don't I don't have the amount of spells to cast it on all of you, things are going to turn ugly. Uh, and I think that would be a really interesting thing to be playing as undercover like magic users in that world. I love that. So I am going to suggest the movie Onward. Yes, that was on my list okay, too. Okay, good, good. Yeah, because I, mean, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's But it's great. definitely looking at it really far into the future of like it a clearly at one point very fantasy magical world, but not really anymore. Oh, but maybe cuz now dad in pants. Um <laughs> dad is pants. That's what one of our other hosts he's like the name of the movie should not be have been onward. It should have been dad is pants. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um but yeah, so that was that was my idea because it's definitely way way set out. So because we talked about my time jump being 10 years, what if it's a thousand? So, yeah. 
Yeah, in the intro to that movie where they show just someone like, you know, with a light bulb. Just like, you know, <laughs> and it's like way back when like, yep. whoa, and this guy who's casting magic is just like, oh, well, I guess we don't really need this anymore. <laughs> they have a light bulb and it just progresses yeah, and from there. And, and yeah, that's a good, that's a good point too. Like maybe, maybe magic no more isn't a cataclysmic event. Maybe it's technology and science becoming the primary means and, and gunpowder and things take place of it. And it's just something that's forgotten. It doesn't have to yeah. be something that happens like that. It could be something that, that takes a while, but eventually, yeah. And and maybe your your PCs are the last remaining wizards at a, a school that is giant, but now is kind of almost looks like it's ruins because uh, nobody cares anymore. Um, that would be interesting to to do as well. Yeah. Nate, thank you so much again for joining us on uh, this episode. We really enjoyed having this this great discussion with you. Um, for any of our listeners out there who would like to check out more of what you do, um, where are the best places for them to, to go and check that out? Yeah, so if you go to youtube.com slash WASD20, um, that's the main hub for what I do, uh, posting videos almost every week, you know, a couple times a month anyway. <laughs> and um, and then I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WASD20. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. And um, I also have a website that I update from time to time, and it has some good resources, especially like a beginner's guide to D&D, and that's at WASD20.net. Fantastic. Go and check those things out. Um, check out what Nate does. And uh, yeah, Nate, Great having you on the show, and we'd love to have you on again in the future. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks for having me. We want to thank Nate again for joining us on this episode, and I hope that you all have enjoyed listening this discussion about magic no more if you've ever done this in your homebrew games in your homebrew world where you've created a world where magic was once prevalent and then it disappeared by whatever means we'd love to hear about it you can write us an email at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com and if you liked this episode or any of our previous or future episodes we would love it if you could head over to either Apple Podcast or whatever podcast app you're using and leave us a five-star review. If you do, we will give you a shout-out at the beginning of this show, and thank you so much for doing so. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block, that's at DMs block, and you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places are great places to go for updates about the show. As always, the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like Geek Wars, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, Detentions and Dragons, and more. Well, that's all we have for this show of the Dungeon Masters Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm DM Mitch, reminding you to always keep on dungeon mastering. <laughs>